Psalm, Psalm 46, such a beautiful psalm. I want to encourage you to, uh, if you can, have a Bible open before you. Um, you can have an app, which is version, or if you want to go online, you can use BibleGateway.com or ESV.org, however you can, but it'd be good for you to have some way to follow along as we as we just look at this briefly. Um, in our church, we've just finished a six-week series called Walking Forward in Faith, and uh, in the intro sermon to that series, the one on, on Noah, I'm going to make sure there's a link to that sermon in the description below. It's not there yet, but we'll get it there. Um, we were asking the question, what, what is that? What is faith? What does it mean to live with faith? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And we spoke of the importance of not just always fixating on that which is most urgent before us. There are things in this life that, that flicker before us, that demand our attention, that we, we sometimes know what might be most important. And something over here grabs our attention, whether that's our, our really busy jobs that some of us might have, whether it's like homework for school, whether it's um, family routines that we have to, to, to keep up with, or, or whether it's even just things like our phone, the notifications on our phone. I know that's a struggle for me, or our social media streams. Um, the, the, the call for us was to see beyond these things which are passing, temporary, uh, and to, to see with the eyes of faith, to pray for God's help, to see what is true reality to that which is most urgent, most important. And uh, that, that call to see what is most important and most urgent beyond what might be right before our eyes, that is a call that is very urgent for every single person in our society just now. And not just our society here, but in our world in recent weeks. We have been called by politicians, by health scientists and doctors, we have been called urgently to see and to understand and to reshape our lives around that which is of the utmost importance, but is mostly unseen. I'm driving out to Harley's house this morning and this little part of the world that we're in just looks so beautiful, so peaceful. And yet we know that is not the reality of our world just now. It's not the whole story. And it, it, I don't know if you've clogged this, but it's interesting to me that, that a, a vast number of people in the UK have been making, a, making their way to the Scottish Highlands. They've been trying to get out to the beautiful, peaceful, you know, west coast of Scotland and things like that. And what's going on there? Well, it's a retreat, isn't it? The devastation of this virus is becoming clearer and clearer in parts of the country. So the natural inclination when we see something that we don't like is to retreat. I can't look at that just now. I can't be confronted by that. I need to see something else. I need to find peace somewhere else. I need peace and beauty and freedom to move, which is just so fascinating. It's what all of us really want, isn't it? It's what all of us really need. It's actually what all of us were created for, to know the peace and the, the wholeness that God intended for us, not just in this world, but with him in this world. But even there, we're being told, 
in the highlands, even there, there's there's danger. Our world is being shaken. The places where we found hope and peace and purpose are being shaken. So we need help to see what is most true, most urgent, and then ask, okay, how do we continue to walk forward in faith, given all of that? And in Psalm 46, there are three things that we're encouraged to do dotted throughout the psalm. And, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just list them off to you just now and then we'll look at them briefly and turn it. The three things are don't fear, come and see and be still with me. Don't fear, come, behold, see and be still with me. These are earnest pleas from the heart of God for us. And every one of these pleas, these encouragements, commands you might say, are absolutely enfolded by the amazing, strong power and love of God. As you think of these calls, these encouragements, don't fear, come, behold, be still with me. I mean, these are huge things that we need miracles in our lives to, to really be able to do those things in these times. But when you hear these encouragements, I don't want to I don't want you to hear them as stern words from a far off power, but I want you to hear them as beautiful words of assurance as a parent would have for a child who's scared and upset. And in that moment where a parent would enfold a child with strong, loving arms and whisper encouragements, whisper instructions into that child's ears, not in a stern way, but in that beautiful place of love and care. So the first one is don't fear. Verse two, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved, into the heart of the sea. Now, this first one, if, if we're honest, it's it's less an exhortation than it is a, a sort of defiant declaration of the people of God. But I don't know about you, I, I need to hear this as an encouragement today. I'm not always feeling like that in these days. I need to hear God say, Martin, don't fear. Don't fear. We've been thinking about this in Hebrews 10, 39 in this, in this last series. We saw the mess of the, of the lives for the people in that chapter and then the last verse of Hebrews 10 39 says but we are not of those who shrink back but we are of those who have faith and in that we preserve our souls I want to encourage you this morning don't fear dear friends don't fear Though this earth, it feels like, as it says there in verse 2, feels like this earth is giving away don't fear, why? Because listen to the strong arms of love unfold in this call to not fear. In verse one, it says, God is our refuge and our strength. He is a very present help in time of trouble. I love it. He doesn't just help us in trouble. He's not just present in trouble, but he is very present in our time of trouble. And then in verses three and four, we get this beautiful picture of this water. There is a there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God in the midst of roaring, foaming waters and shaking mountains. There's this river, this picture of God's blessing, renewal of beauty and hope. Hasn't it been amazing if you've seen some of the pictures of, for example, the water in Venice just recently and you get a little glimpse of the, the wonder of restoration and renewal. This Sam is saying, don't fear. Don't fear. You, you need not fear. God will bring restoration and renewal. 
The story's not over yet. He's our refuge, our very present help. And there's beautiful, fresh streams coming. Don't fear. Don't fear. Secondly, come, behold, see what God is doing. We need to pray for God's help, don't we? To see what God is doing in these days. Verse 8, come, behold the works of the Lord. And sometimes in the Bible, we would like to stop there. But there is a challenging little phrase after that where it says, come, behold the works of the Lord how he has brought desolations on the earth. Is that what's going on just now? Now, we don't have time to dive deep into this. Just a couple of brief comments. First thing I want to say is this. Viruses do not come from the heart of God. This is difficult. This is worthy of much more consideration than we can afford it in this short time. We, but we just have to acknowledge verse 8 is not an unusual verse in the Bible. The word is desolations. It says God has brought desolations. You could say, if you don't understand that word, you could use the word destructions. You could use the word horrors. God has brought horrors on the earth. It says it so plainly there. And we have to wrestle with these things. I just want to give you a little bit of help. In Lamentations chapter 3, there's Three beautiful verses from verse 31 of Lamentations 3. It says this, For no one is cast off by the Lord forever, though he brings grief. So again, there's the challenge. God brings grief. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. And then this is the key verse that has been a great help to me. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. That little word willingly could literally be translated from his heart. He does not from his heart bring viruses. He does not from his heart, from the essence of who he is, bring affliction, grief, destruction. Viruses do not come from the heart of God. He did not create this world with a desire to spread viruses around his people who he loves so much. The Bible is very, very clear again and again that the reason there is sickness and death in this world is because of the mess we have made of it in rejecting God and pursuing our own selfish ways. So we can talk about that more. If you, I'm sure many of you are wrestling with that. We would love to wrestle along with you in that. But I want to just come back to verse 8 of Psalm chapter 46, because I want us to know God is not taken by surprise by what is happening in these days. And there is a real sense that it can bring huge comfort. There's a real sense that God is sovereign in bringing these moments into the world. And the call for us today and in these days is to see with the eyes of faith and to behold what God is doing in the midst of this very difficult, very painful time. What is God doing? What is God teaching you in these moments? Well, here's just a few things. I've actually got a file on my computer called Lessons from Coronavirus. And I'm just updating it as God impresses something on my heart that I need to reflect on. Just a few things. He's showing us how vulnerable we are. That's a good thing for us to know. God is showing us that we need more than great jobs or health or leisure. God is showing us the importance of love and care for one another. How precious, right? The, the acts of kindness around the world. God is showing us the importance of connectedness. We're missing being together today. I mean, thank God for YouTube, but we're missing being together. 
God is showing us the huge capacity that we have for good, to do good acts. God is showing us the suffering and pain. And this is crucial. He's showing us the suffering that many parts of our world have known for many, many decades. We're just getting a tiny glimpse into what has been true and real for many around the world. And God is showing us that we need to look beyond ourselves for help. We are so blessed with the NHS, with the infrastructure, with the the economic moves they can make in this country. But even with the best circumstances in the world, it just we just don't have everything that we need. So we, we hear this challenge to, to see what God is doing. He's reminding us that we need help from beyond ourselves. Come and see. Come behold what God is doing. And we see that this promise is in, again folded with the loving arms of God. Before it, we have this promise that he's our fortress. After it, we, we, we have this this assurance that God is a God who makes wars cease. He doesn't want this to continue on. That's the heart of our God. And then finally, the, the don't fear, come behold what God is doing. And then lastly, be still, come to me, be still and know that I am God. We're going to have some time in these days to be still. How will you use that time? Can we use it to connect with God? Not just to empty our minds or remove ourselves from what is going on, but to soak fully in what is most true and most ultimate. Be still know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. Will you take time to ponder what does that mean? What does it mean that God will be exalted, honoured, lifted high, seen for the great God that he is in these days? He's calling us back, friends. He's calling us back to what is most true, most important. That is resting in him. And see again the beautiful way that this call, this command to be still is enfolded in these beautiful promises of God that he makes wars cease. And in verse 11, it says this, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The NLT says this, the Lord of heaven's armies is among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Listen, before we can come to God, we need to know that God has come to us. That's what it means that it says, be still and know that I am God. It doesn't just mean have good ideas or, or interesting ponderings about who God is. It's that God wants our presence with him. God wants us to rest with him. God has shown us that he's come to us in Christ Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He is our great saviour who did not leave us alone, but who has come to us so we can come to him. So in these days, don't fear. Come God, behold who he is, what he's doing, and be still and know he's God, the Lord of heaven's armies, has us, he's holding us, he has a plan, trust him, in these days, I'm just going to pray. Father, thank you that we can trust you. 
Well, we need the help of your Holy Spirit to do that fully. We pray that your Spirit would enable us to bring our tears to you, our cries to you, our longings to you, our fears to you. And in that place, we would, the, the, I'm praying that you would meet us there, Lord. And that we would, in our hearts, be still and know that you're God. Help us trust you. Help us hold on to hope in these days. Help us walk forward little by little by faith. Guide us, we pray. Help us see what you're doing. Help us not be afraid. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.